I quit my corporate job but didn't start coaching right away. And there are so many things I did wrong that first year that cost me money and got me into a ton of debt with nothing to show for it. This is the episode that every new coach needs to hear now because I'm about to give my new entrepreneur former self some great advice. Hi, I'm your host, Ina Coveney. Every Monday, I bring you an interview with a successful online coach where we uncover their true startup story and we wrap it up with a companion episode on Thursdays, this one right here, where I teach you three things that our guest is doing very right in their business and you should start doing right now. At this moment, we are in the off season. This means that I'm hard at work recording all those interviews from the top coaches you want to hear from. So until the next season kicks off, it will be just you and me every Thursday just to keep your business moving. And today, our focus will be on the three pieces of advice I would give my former self when I started my business so that I could make more money sooner and figure out my voice and message a lot earlier than I did. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while wondering, what's an off season anyway? And when will the new season begin? I love your excitement. The answer is May 2022. You'll want to keep your ears perked for more amazing interviews in May of 2022. And now that I answered your burning question, please head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Welcome to The Global Phenomenon, the podcast about online coaching, the inspiring new career path responsible for multiple self-made millionaires, opening the doors for experts and professionals like you and me to stop living paycheck to paycheck and design a rich and abundant life with one purpose, to help others. I'm your host, Ina Coveney, six-figure entrepreneur and business coach. Listen for lessons and strategies that will turn you into the next global phenomenon. Today's episode begins now. When I quit my job, it was January of 2018. And I had just been majorly screwed over at work. I had just gotten out of maternity leave. And right before maternity leave, I had been handed a big promotion. I was going to be reporting to C-suite. I was going to be managing a bigger team. My, I, I was a project manager in software, and I knew what I was doing. I was kind of a big deal. I knew what I was doing, and my boss knew it too. So my boss pulled me into his office while I was like nine months pregnant, like pregnant out of here. And he told me, I need you to stop doing your job right now and help me with this other problem we're having in the company. So not only did I do exactly that, I wrapped up my, I wrapped up my work, like my full-time job that I was doing, I wrapped it up in a day. I hired a contractor to take it over. I hired a contractor to shadow me while I solved this new problem for the company in case I went into labor and somebody could pick it up, right? I solved the problem, put in a brand new process in two weeks, the company was saved. My boss tells me this is a promotion. They tell me this is, um, actually, he doesn't tell me it's a promotion. He tells me you have a new title. 
implementations manager for the whole company, right? You're going to be reporting to me, blah, 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 blah. Great. Wonderful. This was the year of Me Too. 2017 was the year of Me Too. And a lot of things were happening in the company. So when I noticed that I was given a promotion, but I was not given a raise, I asked questions. I went back to my boss and I told him, you got to do this right. You got to give me a salary increase with this promotion. He tried to argue that it wasn't a promotion. I was like, what? <laughs> he tried to argue because I was doing project management before and this job requires project management skills, technically it's not a promotion. And I had to explain to him, like totally inexplain to him how a job with higher visibility, higher responsibility, with a bigger title, with a bigger team, with a bigger, bigger likelihood of risk, right? Much greater risk, much more visibility to clients is a promotion. And I got him to agree with me. Do you agree this is a promotion? He goes, yes, it's a promotion. I'm like, great. Do you see how this should go with a salary increase? And he sighs, he goes, oh, and goes, you're going on maternity leave anyway. I was floored and speechless because I, I didn't know the law. So I actually, because I had a side hustle, I was making websites at the time. I had actually made the website for an employment lawyer in Boston. And I sent him an email and I asked him, this just happened. Um, what is my recourse here? And he said, yeah, what he did does not, is not legal. Like you cannot withhold races or promotions to pregnant women because they're going on maternity leave. You can't do that. That's just illegal. So how far do you want to take this? Again, I am 37 weeks, 38 weeks and counting. And I have my mother and my husband telling me to please take care of myself, to please have a healthy baby. Please, can you just have the baby? You don't need to go into like a legal battle and like throw yourself into early labor and like, can you please just take care of yourself? So I said, okay, I don't need to be Joan of Arc. I'm just going to take care of myself and I will deal with this when I come back. That was my decision. I know other women would make other decisions. I really believe that when it comes to children, when it comes to your health, when it comes to your life, you got to make the decisions that are more right for you. I was actually interviewed by um, a law student. I believe she was a law student or a, a, a lawyer who's also a podcaster. And she was asking me questions about this. She was like, why didn't you complain? Why didn't you file a complaint? Why didn't you send them a letter? Why didn't? And I'm like, it's not where I was at the time. I was not ready to embark on a whole crusade when I had my body, my family, my kid, my, my unborn child to think about. And I really believe that that's why we as women, we get screwed because 
we know where our priorities are, right? So when it comes to going up against a giant company and their legal department versus, you know what? My life and my energy are more important than making a point and I'm going to walk away. I'm not saying that all women do that. I'm saying that's why I did it. I walked away. I just said, I'm just going to deal with this when I come back from maternity leave. Halfway through my maternity leave, I get a call saying that the male contractor that I had hired to backfill me while I was on maternity leave was doing such a great job that he was going to keep that promotion. And if I wouldn't mind going back to my old job. To which <laughs> I said, to be honest, I responded, is that really where you want me? <laughs> like, is that the biggest problem the company is facing right now where you need my skills? And they said, yes, absolutely. That's where we need you. So I talked to my husband. I came back to work. For I, I, said, to my, I said to my husband, I just want to really understand what my new job is, right? Because a lot of things have changed since I was there. So I went back to work. The first day I talked to my new boss, because I wasn't reporting to C-suite anymore. Talked to my new boss and I told her I wanted to work part-time and I wanted to work from home. And she said, okay, by the way. She's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, okay, that was easy. I wasn't expecting them to go for that. I wanted them to fire me. <laughs> like, okay, never mind. I spent the entire week really figuring out what my job was. And when I, I was in a meeting, I'm sorry, now I'm going on this tangent because it's just a crazy story. I was in a meeting where they were explaining the new process for uh, all of the teams. At the time, I was managing one software team and there were multiple software teams. And I had actually improved the process of that software team. Like that software team was working like it was smooth sailing because I was the manager of it. And they were showing a presentation because they hired this like top consulting firm to fix the process with the software teams. And they revealed the process and I looked at it and it's exactly the process that I had created for my team before I left. I looked at it and I look around the room to see like, are there any faces of recognition here that this is exactly what I put in place? And everybody's like, oh yeah, this is a great process. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? It was like being in twilight zone. And that's when I decided this is not worth it to me. I clearly, they have no idea what they have. Clearly they have no idea what they're losing here, uh, but I do. And you know what? I want to hire myself. <laughs> I want to hire myself to create the life that I want. Because I freaking kick butt. Okay? I am amazing. What if I put all of my skills and my brain and all of my knowledge into building the life that I want? And working in the projects I want to work at. And working with the clients that I want to work with. Right? So I decided after that one week, I talked to my husband, we looked at our finances, we decided, you know what, based on our financial situation, we, I could stop working for about a year and then I would have to go back to work if I don't make any money. Fortunately, it's been four years, I'm here, things worked out, but I walked in on Monday with three resignation letters in my hand, one for the CEO, one for the for my boss, for the 
the new boss that I had, and one for the CTO. And I said, peace out, effective immediately. They actually kept me in their payroll for a couple of weeks just in case they needed to touch base with me for anything, but they didn't assign me any work. So I got a couple weeks more of a paycheck. And I hired my first business coach and I got started with my business. At the time, I didn't know what this business was going to be like. I had been making websites on the side for a very long time. For, at that point, it had been about six years since I had started my side hustle. But I knew that I wanted to grow this. At the time, I was following Amy Porterfield. Uh, I had already become aware of Sonny Lenarduzzi. I, I, I found out about so many solopreneurs that were doing this on their own. But I, I didn't really know how. The only thing that I had in mind was that I wanted to chase the passive income. Basically, like when you get out of a working situation like that, you want to work as little as possible. <laughs> that's, that's how, I, that's how I, I concluded. Like that's what I concluded in here. That I wanted to work as little as possible, so I wanted the passive income. So I had a business coach who kept telling me, why don't you start working with people one-on-one? Why don't you start coaching people? I'm like, I'm not a coach. I'm a technical person. I can teach technical things. I'm going to create a course. My coach told me not to. <laughs> My coach told me, listen, Ina, you really got to help people first before you get on a course. You get to do a course. And I'm like, ah, I'm smarter than everybody else, right? I don't need to deal with people. I don't need to fill up my my calendar with meetings. I have a newborn at home. I don't even know when I would have these meetings. Right now, I'm going to create a course. I created a course. It was a great course, in my opinion. It was a course to help you learn how to make a WordPress site. And I sold four copies of that course, all discounted. Never talked about that course again. It took me six months to build the course couple months to launch it. I launched it a couple times. Only four copies I sold. So the first advice, let's get into these three pieces of advice that I would give myself when I started out. The first piece of advice that I would give myself back then is to not create the course. Is to not chase the passive income. You guys have any idea how much hard work it is up front to create a passive income revenue source? It's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. I had no idea. I thought, I'm smart. I'm resourceful. I'm really tech savvy. I can create a course in six months when it would take somebody five years. I can do this. But that's not what I needed to do. Nobody wanted that course. Actually, (laughs) I sold the four copies. There is one person who's actually, she was my very first customer, the first person to ever buy that course. And she's still around. She still comes and we hang out sometimes over uh, Instagram Live. I see her in the comments. I see her feed. And she has come before and she has said, I still have the course and I still refer back to it. (laughs) Like it was a good course. But nobody wanted it. So the first thing I would make sure that my 2018 self knew is that 
if you want to build the passive income, you got to start by helping people. Like, legit. Help people. Don't build the course. Listen to your coach. Start figuring out how to sell coaching. I didn't know what coaching was. I didn't know what, I mean, I was, I had hired a coach and I still didn't know what, how I could coach anybody. So that would have been my first thing. Forget about the stupid course. The course will come. Okay. People make millions of dollars with their course. That's not going to be you the first year. You the first year, you, the successful you that first year is going to be you helping people with something you know how to do that they don't. Period. You start helping people. You don't start by growing your audience. You don't start by trying to become famous. You don't start with publicity. You guys, I invested an entire month, the month of March of 2018, March or April. I spent the entire month responding to journalists' queries so that I could get featured in the media. This was around the time that I discovered Selena Sue, right? And her publicity course, right? Impacting millions. And I bought it and I invested in it and I followed the lessons and I got featured. My face is on the NBC News website, right? I can use their logo. USA Today, I'm there. Fairy God Boss, I'm there. Um, Business.com, I'm there. I, I put in my time to get featured. Did that translate into money? No. You guys know what the only thing that translates into money in your first year in business? Getting clients. You know how you get clients? You help people. That is the first thing I would tell myself to do. Stop with the stupid idea of the course. That's not where you start. You start by helping people. Okay? So let's go to point number two. Point number two <laughs> is to watch my money. I'm not going to lie. When I first started my business, I didn't start from zero dollars. I had been making websites for the past six years, and I didn't really treat my business like a business. I had separated my finances out maybe like three years earlier, so I had a business bank account, uh, and I Every time that I made money, I would put the money in there. But I didn't do anything with that money. Not until I quit my job did I actually start investing in myself and in programs and in things. Before that, the money just sat there. You know what sitting money does? It pays taxes. It's all the money does. It is It pays taxes. So when I first started, when I, when, when I quit my job in 2018, I decided to start the business. I said to myself, no more letting my money just sit there. From now on, I'm going to invest it. And I'm going to invest in growth. Let's invest in that program over there that's going to help me with publicity. Let's invest in that platform over there. Let's invest in that course over there. Let's invest in this. Let's invest in that. So I took all the money that I had earned over the past six years, and it went like, not only that, I started putting some stuff on the credit card and the credit card went. Now, 
let me tell you something that doesn't make any sense. It makes sense now, in hindsight, but let me tell you something that absolutely doesn't make sense. The first three years of my business, 2018, 2019, 2020, I was making money by having a small audience. My audience never hit a thousand followers anywhere. I didn't have a thousand subscribers to my list. I didn't have a thousand people on my Facebook group. I didn't have a thousand people on Instagram. I didn't have a thousand people anywhere, but I was making money. I made a lot of money, right? In the tens of thousands of dollars every year. I reached the six figure mark within those first two years, right? It's like, oh, you already made a hundred thousand dollars. I was making money but I was investing all of my money, all of the money that I was making, I was investing it in audience growth strategies. Now tell me if that makes sense to you, that I am getting into debt trying to grow my audience, while the thing that is working is not growing my audience, it's getting clients. How does that make sense? You're supposed to be investing in things that help you grow. Right? You're supposed to be investing in things that the more money you put in, the more money you, you get out. Instead, I was making money one way and investing it someplace else. It was like balancing itself out, not even, because I ended up just in debt. So the, the good news about it is that <laughs> when money is not sitting there, the government pays you back. So I was getting actually tax refunds every year, and I thought it was great. No, it's not great that you're getting tax refunds. It means you're not making money. Right? So this second tip that I have is I wish somebody had told me, Ina, watch your money. Ina, invest in things and get your money back for that investment rather than throwing your money down the toilet with one hand and then really struggling to make money with the other. Like these two things made no sense. So there is one book that I read at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, that completely changed the game. I, I went from negative tens of thousands of dollars per year to 30% profits in 2021 because of this book. Because I finally somebody helped me understand how to manage my finances. Now, I am not new to handling my finances. I've been managing my own finances forever but I was new to business investments. And I kept buying into this belief that you gotta invest in yourself. That if you're not investing in yourself, your business is not gonna grow. You gotta keep spending, spending, spending. I bought into that belief and it did not pay off, right? The book I'm talking about is called Profit First. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode so far, I would really appreciate it if you checked out that book using my affiliate link, which is at theglobalphenomenon.com slash profit first. All one word, theglobalphenomenon.com slash profit first. Go and check out that book. It taught me what I needed to know to be profitable. 2021, 30% profits. How do you go from negative thousands to profits, investing in the right things, like investing the $16 that it took me to buy this book. 
not the tens of thousands of dollars I was dropping on other things. So that's the second thing I would tell myself. So let's recap. First thing I would tell myself, stop the idea of the course. Start helping people. Start making money now. Start getting clients first. And the second thing I would be telling people, or that I'd be telling myself, is to watch my money. Is that profits matter. Is that it's not that you just spend, 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 invest, 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 and then you hope that the universe is going to pay you back. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. You got to be savvy with it. And that book, Profit First, completely revolutionized the way that I handle my finances. And now I'm in a much better position, which takes us to point number three of deciding what to invest in next, of not just chasing every Facebook ad that I see. I feel like that was me the first two years. I would chase Facebook ads. I would see a Facebook ad and I wanted to know because I'm curious because this is my area. Business coaching is my area. I wanted to see how other coaches were doing it. Is this ad working for them? Let me see it. Let me check out the copy. Let me check out the artwork. Let me go to their sales page and check it out. What are they doing right? Oh, are they launching right now? Let me see how many times they're going live. I was checking all that stuff out. But in the meantime, I kept investing and dropping money in there and all of that. Now, I kind of see that as like almost like an ambulance chaser. This is how I compare it to. Imagine that there's a CEO, right? Big boss CEO in her high tower, right? in her high-rise building downtown. And she carves out part of her day right after lunch. She has her steak lunch in her office. And then she comes downstairs to the lobby to sit there and wait and see what salespeople that come through the door soliciting what they're selling. And that's their market and that's her marketing strategy to just wait and see what are people selling now? Let me see. Okay, that, I guess I'll buy that and that will be my next step. Yeah, I guess I'll do that. That's what Facebook ads are for your business. The Facebook ads that you see, the ads that you see on Instagram, that's what it's like. If you're making decisions based on somebody else's launch, if you're making decisions based on somebody else's deadline for their cart is closing, then you're not making decisions from the CEO chair. You're not making decisions from your office, looking at data and seeing how your business is and seeing what you need to invest in next. You're making decisions based on who's soliciting you. How does that make sense in a company? So the third tip that I would have for myself back then is to only invest in the thing that I need next. And for that, I need to decide what I need next. I need to decide that for myself, not let somebody who has an amazing marketing machine tell me what I need. I need to know what I need first. And you know what I need if I'm not making any money? I need clients. I need clients now. I don't need to hire somebody for Facebook ads. I don't need to get publicity. I need clients right now. I need somebody to teach me how to get someone to buy from me. I need to learn about sales. I need to learn about content. I need to learn about engagement. I don't need to invest in a full page ad in the newspaper. 
Is my audience even reading the newspaper? I need to learn how to get clients right now. Without knowing that, without making that decision first, your money is as good as being thrown down the toilet. Because what ended up happening to me was that I was investing in programs that sounded amazing, that I thought at some point I'm going to want to consume this. At some point I'm going to want to check this out. At some point I'm going to need that YouTube channel. So I better buy this now because the price is going to go up next time. So you end up spending money now for things that you might need later. And that's not going to help you grow. <laughs> that's not going to help you grow. You're just throwing your money down the toilet right now. Because trust me, once you need that YouTube channel, that program is still going to be there. And you will have made money to buy it. So don't worry about the price going up. That should not be your first priority. Put that off. I don't need the YouTube channel right now. I don't need to grow my audience right now. I need to get clients. I need to help people right now. So if I were to start over, I would hope that somebody would show me this video. Here are the three things I will be telling myself. Back in 2018, Ina, who just got majorly screwed over in her corporate job by people who had no idea what she could do and what she was made of, right? I would be like, Ina, come here. These are the things you need to know. Number one, stop it with the idea of the online course. That's not where you start. You'll get there. Don't you worry. You'll get there. Your life is long. Your business has a long life. You don't need to start there. Just start coaching. Just start getting clients now. Help people. Figure out what your thing is. Figure out what your voice is. Take the year to do this. It's okay. Where's the fire? If you want this business to be sustainable, it cannot be started from a place of desperation. It's got to be Think longevity. Think, I want to still be here in 10 years. So what is the foundation in my first year? I think of every year as my foundational year. I know what I know now. Okay, this is the first year of the next 10 years. What should I be working now to get there? Okay. Second piece of advice. Watch your money. It does matter. It does matter where you put your money right now. And it better be on what you need, not on what other people are selling you. And point number three, figure out what you need next and invest in that. Not the other way around. Not the investment presents itself and then you decide. No. Sit down and decide what is it that you need, whose help you need, and go and find it and invest in that. Thank you so much for listening. You know that part in this episode that made you go, oh my God, I need to write that down. I want to know what that was. So go over to Instagram and find me at your engagement coach and send me a DM. I want to hear it. And if your business bestie is missing out on all of these juicy strategies, make sure to take a screenshot of the episode and share it to your stories. Remember to tag me so that I can thank you personally for all your support. I'll see you on the next episode. Oh,